Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and Chavruta Yerdena Azband. Our daf of the day, Masachat Shabbat, daf kuf vav, 106. Um, our daf continues, not surprisingly, with a discussion, even I would say moving aside, away from the discussion, the, the more substantive discussion of yesterday to the more fundamental discussion, which is about things that are destructive or constructive. And this idea that things that are not constructive do not ever quite reach the level of being malachim achshevet, of being a complete malacha that's going to violate Shabbat in such a way that you would have to bring a korban. So the Gemara says on our daf, it says, anything which is kilkul, anything which is destructive, fundamentally you're exempt. Now there are exceptions to this and there are serious ones and it constitutes, for example, let's say the way we saw yesterday, you're tearing kriya, now that tearing kriya is not if you're if you're being destructive, then you're going to be patur. But if you're tearing kriya for something constructive, then that can be you can actually it can then switch into being something that is constructive, even though the act itself is destructive. Um, and this is I think it merits a, a whole lot of interesting discussion over what is the nature of the prohibited labors on Shabbat that they have to be constructive to begin with. And the moment you call them destructive, that that's not the same kind of you know creative labor that messes with Shabbat, I think it's really interesting. Um, this pa passage here, we're going to do it very quickly because we have so much to get to on this daf, and it's a Friday afternoon for those who are listening now, Motzei Shabbat. Tani Rabbi Abal, Kamed Rabbi Yochanan, Kol HaMikal Kalim Pturin, there's that statement, right? Everything, every, every destruction is, is you're exempt from. Chutz mi chovel umav'ir. What does it say? Chovel is injury, and mavir is is burning, right? Something that is destroyed by fire. So, and the rest of the Gemara addresses these particular cases, and and there's a lot of internet here that's worth paying attention to that we're not going to take the time for right now. But I, it's in these are the important um, exceptions because, for example, injury is on the one hand, you know, destructive, and isn't that a problem? Of course, that should not be. Um, it's not constructive labor, labor of Shabbat, except for one thing. It is its own complete action. Meaning if you're injuring, if you are the person who, who does the injury, you have completed your activity in, a, it's a complete destruction, destructive activity. I, I'm not saying this very well, but I, my point here is that there are certain things where fundamentally they break down what was in existence before, but, and, and it's in its totality. It's not like, if you destroy a building, well, the Mishnah says, you know, if you so tear if you destroy, but then it has to be almanat, you know, it has to be in order to do something constructive in order to build. But an injury is in its essence um, fully destructive. So there isn't something that can come of it. It is its own thing. And that's where, I mean, this is, you know, the, the take of the Rishonim on these particular issues. Okay, there is much to say here. We're going to move on from it. Perhaps it will come back and we'll be able to talk about it again. Okay, so I think now we're going to move on to the Mishnah, which introduces us to a new malacha, and that is the malacha of trapping. Um, and really, even though they don't discuss the Mishnah for that long, uh, you know, there's it's a very, very rich Gemara, the discussion of the Mishnah itself. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Hatsad Sipor Lamigdal, if somebody traps a bird by driving it into a, a closet, Utsvilabait, um, or deer into a house, you have to bring a chatas because that was actually doing the malacha of tzad, of trapping. The chachamim omrim, but the chachamim say, right? A bird 
can go, you know, if you drive it into this closet, like Re- Rabbi Yehuda, they agree with Rabbi Yehuda, but they're going to have an expansion of that and say, right? But a deer, if you drive it into a car- garden or a courtyard or some type of other enclosure, you also consider it to be chayab. So they are more mahmir than the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel says the following, not all enclosures are the same. And the Gemara will go on to explain what exactly that is. This is the general rule, which helps us determine when it is sad, when you've actually trapped an animal. If an animal is driven somewhere, right, and it still isn't trapped, you are pator. But if you don't need to do any more trapping, you would be chayad. So I, for example, I think like a way to really think about this visually would be, you know, let's say you have a huge open field. And again, the Gemara will explain this better, you know, that has some type of enclosure around it, but it's really very far to walk from one end to the other. And you would still sort of have to wrangle the animal, you know, that would not be considered to be uh, trapping. And the Gemara has a few explanations for that. It's like, if you, if you have to, can't just reach the animal by lunging towards it or if the enclosures the shadows don't meet of the size of the enclosures but I think everybody understands exactly you know sort of what type of uh you know it's a bigger enclosure versus a smaller enclosure so this is the Mishnah that basically describes the first Mishnah that describes trapping uh, of, of sad here Okay, I want to jump down. So there's, uh, you know, a halakhic discussion here, certainly. But I find this discussion, the Gemara takes this discussion of tzad and specifically birds and closets and houses and so on, right? And it and it goes, it veers in another direction, which is a little bit more, I don't know, agadic, right? A little bit less halakhic. Amar Huna, hacha b'tzipor dror askinan. We're taught this case, I mean, this Mishnah case, where we're talking specifically about a bird in a house which is not considered trapped. Hacha b'tzipur drur askinam. We're talking about a free bird. A free bird, lefi she'ena mekabelet marut, which means it does not accept authority, which I just, like, it was so um, personification, right? So humanizing of this bird, which, you know, one commentary says it's a sparrow, fine, but what regardless of what breed of bird, it's this idea that there is a bird that is free and it will not accept anybody else's dominion over it, which I feel like is a whole, you know, a heyday of discussion of, you know, B'nai Israel and personalities and we could go on for a long time. Why do we call it a free bird, right? This drawer means liberty, Sipor just means bird, but so it seems to be referring to a specific bird, which might be why it gets translated to be a sparrow. It lives in a house the same way that it does in the field, meaning it does not, it's not cowed, it's not, oh, that's a funny word in this context, it's not subdued in any way, it's just its same self wherever it happens to be. Now that it's come to here, what are we talking about here? There's this enclosure question, right? If you're as long, if you're in a large enclosure or a small enclosure, which again, this is from the Mishnah specifically, right? That you're talking about an animal that let me take a step back. Once we understand that there are animals that are going to behave the same wherever they are, 
then the question of whether you call one trapped may in fact depend on how they behave in those different settings, right? So in a larger enclosure, the animal that is now in the larger enclosure is going to probably be the behave the same as it would, let's say, out in the wild. I mean, let's assuming that it would. And then you don't call that trapping. And it could still, for that matter, maybe even it would be escape. It would even escape. But if it's considered, if you if you're keeping it in a small enclosure, and then the animal can't get away from you, and the animal might in fact be now now it's going to be subdued. Well, that's trapping. <laughs> like that's by definition, you know, keeping it down. Um, I just love this image of this free bird, this Tipor drawer that drawer Tipor no Tipor drawer that that doesn't you know won't won't take it from anybody. Yeah, I, I, well, I don't know. I just love this concept of the Tsipor drawer. It's certainly, you know what we're going to have to title this episode, obviously after the Leonard Skinner song. So. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, this, just this idea, I agree with you, of this like, you know, bird that you just, you cannot contain it. You know, I think there, there would be some, we could have it's our own episode for the Tsipor drawer, but I feel like that's an image that I will definitely come back to again um, in the future. Um, so I just wanted to jump down to two other things that are on, you know, the Gemara discusses about this mission. One is uh, they start talking about Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel and what he had to say here, that not all of the Vevarim, not all the enclosures are the same. And then the Gemara has the following discussion about this. Amar Rav Yosef, Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. So Rav Yosef says in the name of Rav Yehuda, who said this in the name of Shmuel, halachak Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, that the law, right, that you are only if you put a deer into an enclosure where it would already be considered trap, right? Meaning a small enclosure. The halacha is like Rav Shem So the Gemara now wants to sort of question Rav Yosef's statement, right? Like, why are you telling us the halacha is like Rav Shem Ben Gamliel? Amar Abai. Abai says to Rav Yosef, halacha michlal deplige, right? When you say that, whenever we're going to say the halacha follows, the implication always is, is that there was a disagreement. And there really isn't a disagreement here in the Mishnah, right? We saw that Rabbanan, right, that their uh, their opinion was, was that even if you get the deer into a small enclosure, right, different than Rabbi Yehuda, of course you're going to be Chayab. So really, in a way, what Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel is doing is really just more of an explanation of Chazal, of Rabbanan. It's not really a different halacha. So therefore, Rabbi Yosef, why are you saying halacha ke Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel? Um, so Rav Yosef answers back to Abaye and he says, Amrle, my naftalach mine, right? So he sort of says, like, what's the difference to you? Like, what if you, you know, that that if I sort of even just imply that maybe there could have been a dispute of some sort, right? But still, my halacha is correct because the halacha does follow Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel. I mean, I just love this sort of back and forth that they have where we see Abaye is really trying to push Rav Yosef of like, sort of like, be careful of your language. You're making an implication that there is a machlokas. So Abai goes back to him and says, Amarle, Gamar Gamur Zemurta Tehe, right? So are you telling me that the learn the that we learn the tradition for no reason? It should be like a song. Okay. So that's like a very interesting thing to say. And what he's basically saying is, is that it's really not necessary to state this. Um, and what some of the commentators say about this back and forth is when Rabbi Yosef goes back to Abaye, is he sort of accepting Abaye's uh, objection and agrees that really Rabbi Shomba Gamliel is just elaborating? Or does he somehow hold the Rabbi Shomba Gamliel maybe actually 
in some way, somewhat disagrees because maybe the Rabbanan only mentioned three items and that's specifically what they were talking about as the smaller enclosures. And he's having a little bit of a broader category of what those small enclosures could be. But I just thought this was like just a really interesting back and forth between the two of them where you really see like Abaye paying very, very close attention to how Rav Yosef, you know, interpreted this Mishnah and really calls him out to say, you know, that it may be that, um, that, you know, it may be like just uh, you're implying something that really wasn't there. Um, and anything about that before I go into my next point that I wanted to mention? I'm just going to reiterate the point that we make all the time, which is that there's a real life component here of, you know, real life people having real life discussions and disputation disputes and and some of that is preserved for us. And that by itself is already an interesting thing in what is ostensibly a law book, but really so much more. So the next thing that I want to go on to is this interesting case of uh, deers. And it says the following. Tana uh, Rabbanan, right? The, they talk, they're quoting a Bryce here. Had Sad Suma Biashain. If somebody traps um, a blind or sleeping deer, Chayev, he's Chayev. Chiger Vizakain Vachola. But if they trap a beer, uh, deer, excuse me, uh, that's lame, old, or sick, you are Patur. So, you know, a couple of things about this. First of all, I find it interesting that the first go to you know, animal for trapping, it obviously has to be a non-domesticated animal, is a deer. And now we have this brisa that sort of elaborates, like a deer is not just a deer. There can be different types of deers, and the halacha may be different based on the physical state of the deer itself. So the Gemara goes on to say, So again, we have a Bayan Rav Yosef discussing this. What's the difference between these deer? Right, this the deer of the Tsuma and Yashain, who you would be Chaya for, and the deer of the Chiger, Zakain, and Chola, where you would be Patur. So the Gemara explains, Hani Abdi right? The blind and the sleeping deer, they still can slip away when a person is there. Hani Lo Abdi but this the other deer, the the lame, old, and sick deer, they will not slip away. Um, and, you know, because I think the explanation is even a deer that's blind or sleeping, it will still sense when a person is there. So it'll sense that a person is coming close and it will try to run away. So you would have to actually trap it in order to get it. Whereas a lame, old and sick deer, it's just it's really not going to move. It's just going to be there. And, you know, now they're going to bring a contradiction now from another Brisa, the Hatanya, Chola Chayev, right? So now it's talking about a sick, sick deer where it says you're actually Chayab, which is a direct contradiction from this previous Brisa. So the Gemara is going to explain, how do we reconcile these? I'm a Rav Sheshas. Rav Shesha says, lo kasha. There's no difficulty here. Ha machmat ishta. The first Brisa, right, where we say, for a Chola, your Pator, is, um, is uh, sorry, the, the, the second Brisa, no, sorry, the first Brisa is talking about a deer that is sick with fever, and it still could run away. But the second brisa that says um, that you uh, that you would be patur is one that is sick with fatigue. It's tired, and it would not be able um, it would not be able to run away. So I think that's like an interesting. It's just amazing to me, sort of like how much they knew about these animals and really made very concrete distinctions. Like it's not just even like if it's a sick animal. It's, you know, whether or not the deer had fever or whether or not it was sick because it was tired. And that even that will have a different halacha. So, you know, as I think 
we keep saying all throughout the Lamed Tet Malachot, right? Like nothing is as, as it seems. Like trapping is never just trapping. <laughs> trapping is never just trapping, but also I find it interesting that, of course, you know, we begin with this category of deer, and deer is always this symbol of like the the free, you know, talk about a free bird, a free animal that is running, right? That is fleet of foot, right? The the symbol of the Israeli Postal Service, perhaps incorrectly, is the fleet of foot deer, right? In terms of this. Uh, I don't know, like the, the grace and the wildness. And and so it makes sense to me that it would become, that this is the first animal to be discussed here. But also, you know, thinking of the deer trapped is also like a bit of a challenge, I think. Um, and then, you know, just one last thing uh, to mention, which I won't read inside, is the next, you know, topic that it goes on to is it quotes a Bryce that talks about grasshoppers and geezing and and hornets and mosquitoes, um, you know, and whether or not uh, you are high up for trapping those. And there's just an interesting distinction. Rabbi Mayer says you're high up for all of those, whereas the Chachamim say it really has to do with whether or not you would, that's something that you would normally trap. And the Machlokas being over like something like a mosquito or a hornet, which like no human, you know, we always say really has any use for. Um, we never want to really say that because anything that Hashem creates in this world obviously has purpose. But those are things that you could obviously trap on Shabbat, according to the Chachamim, because they're really a nuisance to people. Um, so I thought that also was just like a nice little thing, uh, distinction about the animals that, that it makes here on this page. That's our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us. Where you get your podcasts, join our WhatsApp group. Thanks to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Come and talk to us on our Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.